and welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Sue Stiles, and today on this episode, I am excited to introduce you to Leslie Ann Sporgy. She is the founder of MeVest, which is a financial education company. She's got her MBA. She's worked in oil and gas, obviously spent some time in Alberta, and she had her first million by 28 years old. So she's got a lot to talk about wealth. She's the author of many books, including the Rich by series, which I've got my Rich by 30 here, the first one I read by you, Leslie Ann. My Rich by 40 is lent out, and I'm hoping you're going to write the Rich by 60 series so I can jump on board and be part of the club. Your fame started around 17 years old when she appeared on Oprah. So you've been a student, you have been an employee, and now you're an entrepreneur. What else do we need to know about you to get the most out of our conversation today? Hi, podcast listeners. Welcome to Mind Your Own Business. Parentheses, yes, the title has changed from last year. (laughs) I hope you enjoy the honest business advice and personal stories of mistakes and magic I'm Sue Stiles, your host and business expert, and I am here to share hope and practical and proven tactics to build your business. Hey, all the steps to success and twice the grit. Visit me for business resources, advice and offers at suestyles.com. And now back to the show. You can add being a mommy, a very busy mommy to that list. So balancing business and motherhood and wifery, if you wish, is also on the agenda. But I think the funny thing to get to know me is that if you do not see me helping people boost their wealth with our coaching programs and our courses, you would probably find me crushing the latest TV crime drama on any of my streaming services. I've got a couple, Netflix and Prime, and I I just love the content right now. So I'm enjoying that. Oh, good to know. We're all enjoying a lot more TV, I think, from a variety of sources. Well, let's start way back in the beginning. How did you uh, come to be on Oprah? Tell me about that. So it was a bit of luck and timing. I have been saving my money for a long time and was very fortunate in my high school to have a teacher who took it upon herself to teach our class about money and when I was 17 and that was happening, you have to know that there was like no mandatory curriculum for any financial education. There were sprinkles of it here and there in course curriculum, but I had this incredible teacher who decided to really take it upon herself to teach us how to budget and start to invest and whatnot. During her her work with our class, she asked if anybody was interested in this subject. And I, of course, had so many things to say, having started investing at the age of 10, having amassed quite a bit of savings by the time I was 17. And of course, I was right in there with that conversation with her. Turns out though, around the same time that she was teaching our class, the Calgary Herald phoned my high school one day to ask if there were any odd or interesting students that they could profile. Odd or interesting. Odd or interesting. And I was nominated as being a unique young lady who had quite an interest in personal finance and investing. So that article ended up being front page called Kid. That was the highlight. 
which in our conversation today, Sue, you'll know there's really nothing magical or wizard-ish about money management and wealth principles, but it was pretty unique to have a young woman talking about investing and actually having her hands in the investing pie so early. Needless to say, this article hit the newswire across North America and was syndicated, published everywhere. And this young lady having so much savings and it got picked up by the producers of the Oprah Winfrey show. So shortly after that article came out, I heard from one of the producers asking if I would head on down to Chicago and meet Oprah Winfrey and talk to her about the importance of young people making money, saving and investing their money and how that could really help to elevate youth. So very cool. It definitely got my start. She is very cool. And I'm absolutely eternally grateful for the experience because it opened all the doors to publishing books, to starting my business, to having the legitimacy to help and lead people as they go on their financial journeys. So that's how it all started. Wow, she should do a follow up show with you. You know, where are they now? And from this teenager, I'm telling you, Leslie Ann, send it in. They'll love to do the show on you. (laughs) Well, you have to know, Sue, my episode is one of Oprah's top 50 most asked about episodes of all time. Wow. Every few years I do hear from them and they do ask, you know, what have you done with the experience? Where are you now? (laughs) I have that great and close connection with them uh, from time to time. And it's just so amazing to see that they care. Wow. What a great experience and what an unusual beginning. Let me ask, when you look back in hindsight from the wisdom that you have now, is there anything, I mean, it might be Oprah or something else, but is there anything that you're really glad that you did that helped leverage your success? Yes. So I've talked a lot about money mindset from our very first conversation, Sue, I think it was over a coffee years and years ago. Money mindset was a big issue for me. I grew up in a home where we didn't have a lot of money and I'll be very transparent with you. We at one point were using the food bank, like it was very bad and there was so much fear associated with finances. My starting point was financial fear. So one of the most helpful and beautiful journeys that I went on has started to occur around the age of 24, 25 where instead of being driven by fear, which had always been the motivation for me to save like a mad woman, it started to change. I got some help and I got some support to heal my money mindset, to heal the roots that I was not actually responsible for, but that had formed a very negative motivation for building wealth. Over three years, that is how long it took me, I was able to work through it, come out the other end with what I like to call a growth mindset. Mm. Some people use the term abundance mindset, and I, I love that term too. But I went from fear, and it made all the difference. So one thing you'll also know is when I was on the Oprah Winfrey show at 17, I told everybody that I was going to be a millionaire by 25. Everybody. Thousands of reporters reported on that. And then at 25, I missed my goal. And it was almost entirely related to having such a negative mindset. I got caught up in some spending and the 2008 financial crisis all 
walloped at the same time. But by 28, after going through this healing process and moving the fundamentals of wealth back into my life in a much more healthy way, I made my goal. But I got to tell you, there were some pretty dark moments when I was 24, 25, knowing like I wasn't going to hit my very, very public goal. Like (laughs) it's a little different from somebody telling a goal to two people versus telling a goal to like literally 2 million people following their eye on you. Yeah. So everything changed after I started working on my mindset. I really started to get to the roots, like go back to the roots of wealth principles and pulled through at 28. uh, Very, very happy that I had made my goal, but also very, very happy that I had, I was a whole new person. Did your parents realize this? Did they realize that their lack of money smarts or whatever affected you like this? And did it just affect you like this or your other siblings as well? Great question. So my parents, I think they do realize that the foundations where we started have had, they had a pretty negative impact. But the one thing I will give them amazing credit for is they talked about money and they did instill the value of a dollar, even though we didn't have it. They talked about the importance of being smarter with it. And so though there was like that undertone of fear, there was also this, come on, you three, you can do it. Don't do what we do. Do what we're saying to do. And that was extremely helpful. So for my sister and brother, they've come a long way on their own journeys. And I'm happy to report that they're in excellent financial condition as well. So let me ask you, you might have just answered the question, but in case there was something else, do you have any regrets when you look back? I'm always a fan of learning from other people's mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so people who are listening to this and money is a big common denominator for a lot of struggle in life. When you look back, would you say that was a regret or do you have anything that you would have changed if you could go back? Do you know, I wish I had done the work on my money mindset and my mental health earlier because I knew that there was an issue. It transpired for me in the form of trying to fill the hole in my life with things. And in my early 20s, I was making so much money. I had done so well with my investments. I could fill that hole with things, which I know your listeners they identify with. We have all at some point likely been a victim of this. And if I had just done some of the personal work in advance and worked on the mindset, started that healing process sooner, got the coaching and mentorship that I really needed sooner, I bet you any money I would have been a little further ahead. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm in a really great financial position. I have no complaints. It's just that journey would have been a little bit sweeter. There's always the two parts, even when I work with entrepreneurs, I do the best practices, the physical things, you know, here's the habits, the physical to do's that you can do. You have to do those things right, but it also has to come from that mindset of a certain kind of a motivation that you're not self-sabotaging. There's two pieces of the pie there. You can't just get one right and have a holistic form of success, right? 
Absolutely. So you've built your own business now. So you're financially free. You were an employee with a great job and you chose to go out and build your own business. Entrepreneurs know that's easier said than done. I read a recent study by BDC, only half are still around after 10 years. So they say, I would say there's probably even less if you're a solopreneur. But what's been the best way of building up your business? And I guess that means that what's been the best way of getting clients and starting, you know, from ground zero for you? My business model pre-pandemic was a in-person model. We had money coaches working in person with people across North America, in fact, and the pandemic broke the model. Literally overnight, it busted it up into a million pieces. (laughs) And we had to pivot extremely fast to an online model. It's funny because I had for many years wanted to take my business online anyways. And the pandemic forced my hand. So during nap times, which I like to call the nap time hustle with my (laughs) very, very small son, I began the work of pivoting my business from in-person money coaching to virtual coaching and expanding that into courses. And that pivot has been amazing. It's been profitable and it has been enlightening and so energetic but the hardest year and actually 15, 16 months of my whole career to pull off the stunt that I was able to pull off. So many businesses were not able to make it through the pandemic. And I feel very proud that I was able to make it through the pandemic and actually come out the other side with more people on my team and a different style of business. So your question about what has worked for me for this year for client generation, lead generation, and it's been a journey. So I had to go back to the real core of the hearts of my clients. What were they suffering with? What were they needing desperately help with during the pandemic? And by listening to that, by tapping into that, I was able to actually offer way more free services, which then filled the funnel for our paid programs. Mm -hmm. And by being able to give, and, and I think you know this about my business model, it's always had a charitable component to it and a like a social component to it by expanding the social component to our programs we have been we've seen more revenues than any year ever before and so we lead with our hearts and our heads in the space of personal finances which is darn scary for most people our goal is to reach as many people organically as we can. We do have some paid strategies that we're playing with and learning from. And the other piece of this is in order to help serve our clients and really help them through this difficult time of the pandemic, I had to change my team. I've had to change who on my team is doing what, where are we focused And it's allowed for, I think, a very beautiful evolution of a team that is like leading with their hearts and their heads at the same time. It's such a good example of having to shift and change, which it should be all part of growing a business, whether there's a pandemic or not. I don't know if you have an answer to this, but just as I'm thinking, you know, you're the leader of the business 
you're the one to come up with the ideas. Has there been anyone who's really been a pivotal help for you? Or who do you lean on when you need help and advice for running your own success? You'll get a kick out of this, but I am like a put your money where your mouth is type of person. So we sell programs, we sell coaching, and you got to believe that I am a massive, massive proponent of doing the same for myself. So you ask who's been instrumental this year. I've actually had three business coaches helping to lead this transformation and to help myself and my team learn the systems and the tools, even the tech behind this transformation. There's been major investments this past year and they've been worth more than my MBA is what I can say. I, which don't tell my school that I'm just joking. The MBA was wonderful, but actually one of the biggest lessons I've learned this year is to make investments very specifically in areas where I needed support in my business. So I have a coach who works mostly on the tech I have a coach who works heavily on the strategy and I have another who works on the communication and the audience growth and bringing these brilliant minds together has been not the cheapest thing, (laughs) but a beautiful thing and a great way to go into this next chapter of my business with a dream team. If you find the experts, that investment should reap its rewards, right? Mm -hmm. And this, I think, is a very common challenge amongst entrepreneurs and solos and mompreneurs and seniorpreneurs. When you go to start a business, you're so much on your own for every idea and every, Mm -hmm. you know, technology, like you're saying. And so building a team, even if they're not your best friends, can hire help. I remember when I was about 25 years old, wanting a supportive team around money. And the internet must have just come out because we had this group, Women Who Want Wealth, you know, WW. And I'll tell you, we met for about a year and just talked about money and what we could do with money. We knew all these theories about money. At the end of the year, you know, we all said, these are all good ideas, but it seemed like we needed to make more money. I had four kids at the time, so I was juggling that. And I guess with the people around us, I guess I'm kind of rabbit trailing here for a minute, but to come back to your expertise, what we felt was we didn't have enough money to do all these good ideas with. Can you speak to that for a minute? If there's people who are feeling just like you're chasing the tail, oh, there's all these good things, but I don't have 10,000 to invest. It always seemed to come back at that time to boil down to, well, no one had any money to do anything with. Yeah. What a great example. Thanks for sharing that story. I have to tell you my wealth and the wealth of my family was built in $25 increments, not $10,000 increments. It was built small because every entrepreneur knows you have to make progress, not achieve perfection. And that's a daily endeavor. That's getting up in the morning and determining, hey, it's time to put myself and my business first. I'm going to share a little technique with you. And it's from the space of positive money psychology, which is where I teach and I work. So our wealth system, yeah, we got all the tools, we got everything, we got some of the best tools in the industry. But we also work from money psychology. We do not believe and neither do our clients that one can happen without the other. And you can see it in the research as well. (laughs) So I want to go to 
place of positive money psychology just for a moment. We know that for you to break free from a cycle where you feel like you don't ever have enough cash, you must start saving daily. Not every two weeks, not once per month, not going into your budget. It's the act of going into your online banking every single day, diarizing an appointment with yourself every single day and e-transferring the $20, the $5, whatever it is for you, the $35 from your checking into your savings account every day. Now, the savings account can easily be converted into an investment account at some point in the future and should be right? It's important to grow that money. We don't just want to park it there, not earning interest. But from a money psychology standpoint, what happens when you begin the act of daily savings is you put into place in the mind new pathways, new ways of thinking. And it's like uh, if you're trying to lose weight, which we all are after the pandemic, right? You must make choices every day that are just slightly healthier than the previous day. And that's also what begins the process of remapping in your mind, healthy behaviors. So it works with finances as well. In order to get out of this feeling of, I can't seem to get ahead because I don't have enough money, I don't have the 10,000, we need to work in smaller increments. Now, I will also say here, that is a certain point, maybe it's 120 days for you. Maybe it's two years for you. At a certain point, you do need to take the next steps. You will need to invest that money. You will need to put in more money when your cash flow is working, when your business is starting to grow. But I can guarantee you trade in a fancy coffee, you can come up with the $5 and you can do that daily save. It's one of the secret sauces that we actually teach in our wealth program. So when we're helping our students move from a place of scarcity mindset, which almost all of them start from, including myself, started from scarcity mindset. We start to enact the daily save and it's like putting oil in the cogs that have been locked for a really long time and starting to move them a little bit. And when that begins to happen, the daily save gets a little bit easier. Then the daily save turns into a more interest in investing. And then it's funny because it all comes back around. The entrepreneur who's starting the daily save gets a bit more motivated to maybe do something very similar with their cash flow in their business. And it all starts to become a more 360 version of better financial health. So try it. I'm sure everyone can just be reminded, have a renewed. I always like to say your daily habits will determine your yearly results. And that's not only in business, and you're right, it's with weight, it's with your money. So you can start just where you are with just a little bit. I mean, that's, if anyone's accomplished some big goals, it's you, Leslie. And do you have anything you could share around a unique way that you've accomplished goals that might help others? You know, I can't say that I'm a pro at accomplishing goals. And I always write them down. I always have a coach. And where would I be if I didn't have a coach and I was trying to sell coaching and <laughs> courses, right? Totally doesn't work. So when it comes to goal setting, I do jot them down. I do like to follow a quarterly model. So I'm not hung up on the annual. I'm, I'm always doing quarterly projections. Also, that's very helpful for crafting your sales pipeline. And if that sounds like brand new news for anyone listening, right now, sales pipelines are fundamental to your business being successful. So we look at the tool of a sales pipeline 
the actual spreadsheet of it. And it is incredibly important to have one of those. If you've never had one, um, this is the part where you probably do need to either hop on the phone with a financial advisor or a coach and build one out. Um, they're essential in order to helping you with your goal setting. So goal setting is all about writing it down, but then you got to pipeline that out. And you put those two pieces together and you can start to see the vision come together in the numbers, but also in the passion behind the goals. So where I see so many entrepreneurs of every stage totally fall off the rails is they don't pipeline at the same time that they goal set. And then there's confusion and a lot of negative self-talk near to the end of the quarter or the year where why didn't I reach my goals? Or I have no idea how I reached my goals. <laughs> so we don't want these to be mysteries. We have to pair these two pieces together. That's what works for me. I fundamentally believe it. It's also core to the financial planning process. My friends, you cannot build wealth unless you have a line of sight on your income. You're using the same principles that have worked in one arena and seen that they work in all, you know, if it's true, it's true, right? We could talk about money all day and financial <laughs> wealth building. I know um, Toronto enjoys inviting you on, you're on the news all the time, sharing wealth principles and newsworthy stuff. Do you have any last words you could leave with people who are running their own businesses, might be a little interested in hearing about building their wealth? You know so much, you've kept your goals going and reached them. What would be your last words for us today? I'm gonna wrap up with the millionaire mindset. This was taught to me by my money mentor, and she had one request, which is that I teach others this exact same mindset. So the millionaire mindset works especially well for entrepreneurs, and it works a little bit like this. Step one is you pay yourself first. So as an entrepreneur, you know it. You're like the last person on the list that gets paid, and that's not how wealth is created. Step one is we pay ourselves first. Step two is you pay them, everybody else that needs money. <laughs> you gotta take care of your bills. Don't be late or else you'll end up in a credit situation that isn't so good. And then the third step is to enjoy the fruits of your labor. So step one, pay me. Step two, pay them. Step three, spend the rest joyfully. That could include spending on an investment in your business. It could include a trip to Disneyland. I don't know what that looks like for you. But the millionaire mindset is something where if you follow those principles every day, you live those principles and you value yourself enough to save for your ultimate future, you're going to win at this whole wealth building process. The last thing I will conclude with is entrepreneurs have a terrible tendency to try to DIY their financial planning process. We see it in the data every single month when we look at uh, wealthy people, we look at entrepreneurs, we look at different segments of the market who are on track or falling behind in retirement. Entrepreneurs have a really bad habit of not actually inviting in the right people at the right time for their total financial planning process. So when it's the premise of the work that we do, we actually market and talk extensively about the cost of DIYing your financial picture. And it turns out DIYers end up with two or three times less money mm. than somebody who actually hires the right people onto their team and builds a financial plan. So if this is triggering an aha moment for anyone who's listening. There are some great people out there who do financial planning, who do investing. Obviously, I would hope you would 
consider at least looking at our website and considering working with us, but don't do this alone. Wealth is built best with other wealth builders in the community supported by qualified professionals. Oh, you couldn't have said it better. It just very inspiring. Love working with you and talking with you as always. Where can the listeners find you? So our website is mevest.ca and you are also welcome and encouraged to follow us on Instagram at mevestmoney and Facebook, same handle, at mevestmoney. But your starting point is the website mevest.ca. Hope to hear from you. And honestly, feel free to send over an email email and you know whoever's listening you have questions send it over we've got a great team here to help and we want to see our entrepreneurs knock it out of the park when it comes to their finances me too well we're on the same page and i can just testify she is who you just heard you know she's like a friend for everybody and she cares about your financial success thanks for sharing the time with us today and thanks everyone for joining the podcast whether you're on itunes spotify my youtube channel we filmed this all in person, you could see a picture of the book. And I look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Stay tuned. Have a good day. Please follow and review if you enjoy these podcasts. And then visit me at suestyles.com.